0: Hello, My name is Casey Rogers, and I'm your host for the Emerging Writer Series podcast. This podcast is an exploration for what it takes for a writer to become a published author and how to sustain a professional writing career. Like many of you, writing is my passion, and I'm confident I know how to write a compelling story. But what holds me back is the same thing that holds many other writers back. How do we navigate a system that is about finding a bestseller rather than finding the best work? There are obstacles to our success and many of them have nothing to do with the quality of our writing. In the last series of episodes, I've been speaking with authors about their books and how and why they chose to write their stories within the frameworks of a specific genre. One reason writers work within one type of genre is that it helps people to find their books. Another reason is a genre gives an author a kind of blueprint of sorts because each genre has a specific set of rules for the writer to follow. In these episodes, we explored what the needs and expectations were within these genres and why one was well-suited for their work. In this episode, I'm wrapping up series two with an author who writes both fiction and nonfiction and isn't beholden to any specific genre. Katan Desai is a physician, scientist, entrepreneur, and author who writes about financial matters, humorous observations, and whatever he is inspired to write about. He's contributed stories to several anthologies, and he wrote a novel called Germs of War that revolves around bioterrorism. This thriller draws on his knowledge and background of both the military and medicine. This is a quick, intriguing read. The review is praised for being a real page turner. Today I'm speaking with author Kate Desai. So let's welcome him.
1: First of all, hello to everybody.
0: Can you tell me about your book and what brought you to writing it?
1: Yes, the uh, idea actually came to me when I was uh, working in the emergency room, believe it or not. It was a slow day. And I didn't have anything to do. There were no patients. I was thinking, and this is the 1990s when there was no internet. So I was trying to find out how I could fill my time. And I said, why don't I write a book? And so that's how the book came to be. And the premise is that you have a bunch of guys who, at that time, it was because I had just bombed the USS Stark, which you may or may not remember was off the coast of Yemen. And so I said, if Al-Qaeda wanted to really overpower the U.S., Biological weapons would be a very easy way of doing it. So I created this book, a biotericism thriller, where a bunch of people from Afghanistan come to the U.S., create a super weapon here, and then release it unintentionally, actually. And it's released at the Mayo Clinic, which is also a landmark institution where I did part of my fellowship. So you have the whole scenario taking place here in the U.S., pretty similar to what happened in 9-11, except they use planes and not biological weapons. And then you fast forward 15, 20 years, and now you have ISIS trying to do some of the same stuff. And in between those two timeframes, I was interviewed by ABC News and NBC News after 9-11 took place, and they were quite concerned that if my story got out, it might actually give people some ideas that they won't have otherwise, which I thought was quite improbable, because these are not stupid people, by mm-hmm. any means. They may have different ideas, but they're not stupid. So I didn't air that interview, unfortunately. But anyway, I did get interviewed by some local news after 9-11 to see what this whole scenario about biotourism was. And if you remember, that was also when the anthrax attacks took place in mm-hmm. 2001-2004 timeframe. So all this kind of went together. And then you know, afterwards, after the Iraq war, interest in Afghanistan died down. And then until ISIS came around, everything came back again. So this is a topic that is sooner or later going to become more relevant because mm-hmm. biological weapons are very easy to make, easy to distribute and are basically uncontrollable because once they get out, you can't, it's not like a bomb where you can explode it and then be done with it. It has a life of its own, literally and figuratively speaking. So mm-hmm. it's something to be very cognizant about.
0: I, I think that's really relevant to what we're experiencing today with the virus, with a yes. pandemic. I, I don't think that anybody had any idea just how devastating this was going to be and how many things it was going to impact. I think a lot of people were very cavalier about right. the lives of so many other people and your right. material and your idea and your concept isn't something that we should avoid we should know what the threat is so that we can mitigate it ahead of time instead of just closing our eyes and just saying oh we're going to give somebody else an idea because you can be guaranteed that people have thought about this so when did you actually finish and publish the book
1: so this was published for the first time in 1999 Mm-hmm. And then it, like I said, it, it attracted a fair amount of attention and then the attention died off. Mm-hmm. And then again, I joined with Indies United and around 2017, 2018, mm-hmm. I republished it with Indies United.
0: Yeah. Was it your medical and scientific background that just really aided you to create a compelling story in that particular genre?
1: Yeah, I wanted to combine all my backgrounds of uh, military. So I went to, uh, my father was in the military and I went to military school. So I have read a fair amount of military strategies and counter strategies. And I wanted to combine that with geopolitics, with what was Mm -hmm. going on in in the Middle East and Islamic fundamentalism and combine that with with my science and medical background. I wanted to put it all together. Mm
0: -hmm. But I also understand that you write in a number of genres, which is what I find really fascinating because so many people, when they come to writing, they pretty much stick with one genre. And I think you and I are unusual in that (laughs) respect because you write both fiction and nonfiction. So tell me about some of the other things that you've written when people know that you write fiction as well as nonfiction.
1: Yeah, the other genres I write is is humor. Mm -hmm. And so when I was younger, growing up, I used to read P.G. Wodehouse and Jeeves a lot. So I like to emulate his style sometimes and write as if I'm writing about Jeeves. So I've written several Jeeves stories. Mm-hmm. And that is usually political humor or just plain humor, making fun of the British way of doing things. And then I write about finance and economics because I'm very interested in the stock market. So I usually write about biotechnology stocks. Mm-hmm. And so I publish quite a few in a, in a website called seekingalpha.com mm-hmm. or talkmarkets.com. Those are the two that I, I write for. hmm and then I write in others also, including spiritualism and, and uh, other places such as uh, the medical journals, etc. <clears throat> mm-hmm.
0: So you have such a wide range of not only interests but things that you are able to enlighten your uh, readers about. Do you tend to lean towards any one thing or is it just what inspires you at the moment?
1: If I sit down, I don't sit down too right. I could be sitting down to do something else and the idea will pop into my head. Mm-hmm. And when it does pop into my head, I, I can't stop. I have to take it forward. And I could be talking to somebody and a Jeeves idea comes to mind. So for example, I, I wrote a Jeeves story about the vaccines. So this whole thing about to vaccinate or not to vaccinate and all mm-hmm. that, the drama that was going on. So I, I wrote a G story about that, uh, just making fun of both sides, um, yeah. because I thought the argument was getting so vicious and nasty, mm-hmm. and I felt like you needed to, de- to de-escalate it and look at it from a humorous point of view. Yeah. Um, so I wrote something like that. And then on the, on the investment side, it tends to be a little bit more structured. Mm-hmm. So if I see a stock that I think is to, is a short candidate or a candidate to be bought, then I'll write about that. Um, mm-hmm. That is definitely more structured.
0: Yeah. And if you were to give our listeners some kind of advice, now our show is geared towards bringing on authors that can help new authors or emerging writers advice in terms of how they can make themselves successful. What would you suggest? How do you get your work out there and what kind of discipline do you feel that a new writer needs? Or what's something that you can say, this is the thing that I did and it really helped me.
1: And write what you know about it. So if I started to write about cooking or knitting, it's going to fall flat because <laughs> I know nothing about that. I, I write about what I know. So that's the first thing. Number two is sometimes it's it's difficult. One day you'll get up and say, oh, I just don't feel like writing. That's fine. And some days you'll be inspired and you may have four hours, but you feel like writing and you keep going because the mood comes and mood goes. It happens to everybody. Some days are good. Some days are not good. So don't become depressed if, if one day is a down day because the next day could be up day. And uh, as far as publishing is concerned, I think Indies United is a great place to get published. You could go elsewhere and keep writing to agents and keep writing to publishing houses and keep collecting rejection letters, which is a really disheartening process. So I think Indies United is a great place to publish. And the third thing is marketing. So marketing is obviously, it it is a challenge because there are literally tens of thousands of books out there. And to stand out is is sometimes a challenge. So the, the thing that I'm writing about is not something most people uh, want to read on, on the plane, <laughs> <I know. laughs> but there is a small but uh, very interested group of people who want to read medical thrillers and mm-hmm. uh, political thrillers. So that group would be most easily targeted. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: When you sit down to write, do you have a particular process involved? Do you get up every day at the same time? Yeah. Do you just fit this into your day?
1: I fit it into my day because I'm I'm doing other things related to my real job, which is r- running my companies. So I have three companies, which I run. So I don't get too much time to write. So mm-hmm. when I write, I have to be really efficient about it.
0: Do you outline all of your work? Do you, or there's always a question about whether somebody's a pantser or a plotter. Writing in so many genres, what do you do? Or does it depend on what kind of thing you're writing?
1: I'm extremely intuitive. I am not a plotter at all. So I will have nothing on the canvas, so to speak. I have no outline. I have no characters. I have nothing, absolutely nothing. And then when I start to write, everything just automatically comes in. And I don't know where it comes from. Mm -hmm. The characters appear out of nowhere. The storyline and plot appears out of nowhere. And it's all there. So maybe my subconscious is working on it while I'm asleep or doing something else. But I have absolutely, I started a completely blank slate, absolutely nothing in front of me.
0: I think that's really fascinating because I really do think that process is more about the individual than it has anything to do with something that works universally. Yeah. It's, I'm the same way, but what I do is I think and think about my project and what I'm writing so that when I actually sit down to write, it comes and flows very naturally, as opposed to sitting there with a blank screen and and having no idea because I've thought about it so frequently. It's usually the first thing I'm thinking about in the morning and the last thing I'm thinking about at night, which makes for a lot of restless nights. In, In terms of your quote, success as an author, do you find that you have more uh, attracted more attention for your work that's nonfiction or did your Germs of War get more attention?
1: Well, I, I would say that my my articles have got far more attention. So for example, I have thousands of followers on those websites I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not sold thousands of copies of my books. So. <laughs>
0: yeah, but, but are, are people finding... Germs of War through your nonfiction work? Do they look at it and say, okay, this guy has also written this thriller and he wrote this, so I'm gonna go check out something else that he wrote?
1: Uh, Some of them, but not too many.
0: Yeah, so your nonfiction writing hasn't really opened a door to your fiction. Yeah, not yet anyway. Not yet, anyway. What are the things that you're doing now? What are you writing about at this moment?
1: I'm writing on some more investment articles. Okay. I'm, I'm very bearish on the stock market. I think things are going to go down and go down big. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm writing articles on what to short.
0: And we want to make sure that we're able to get in touch with you because I would like our listeners to get an idea of the breadth of things that you write about. It has been an absolute pleasure, and I really appreciate the time that you've taken to speak to me today. I'm really excited to learn more about Germs of War and see what we could do. Maybe we can get that into another format so that people can become more aware of it.
1: Yeah, Thank you. It's been great talking to you.
0: I hope you've enjoyed the second series of episodes for the Emerging Writers Series podcast. I've learned so much in talking with these writers about their craft and how they approach their projects. Katon was especially interesting to me because it seems like his mind takes him in so many different directions regarding his writing, and he follows his instincts and writes whatever he's inspired to write. Whether it's a piece of fiction or non-fiction, a thriller, or a piece about the bear market, he graces these various topics with his knowledge and insight for his readers, and it was a true pleasure to speak with him about his work. Thanks so much for listening to the Emerging Writers Series podcast. There are so many wonderful writers out there with works to explore. Our goal is twofold. We aim to inform and inspire new writers about how to achieve their goals, as well as to highlight works by new, undiscovered, or noteworthy authors we admire. Feel free to send us your recommendations, and we'll do our best to take a look. And don't forget to check out the line of writer-themed merchandise that supports our show at TwoBeansCafe.com, as well as checking out the links for our guests on this show. Join me next time for my interview with Robert J. Emery about his book, America Standing Strong. America Standing Strong presents the respected voices of investigative reporters, scholars, philosophers, scientists, medical professionals, and politicians across the political spectrum who provide truth and facts, not fiction, conspiracy theories, or misinformation. Read more at robertjemeryauthor.com. Until then, onward and upward.